0: One more time. And that's the way you make sure you keep the superfluous people under control. You slaughter them. Are you
1: all ready for this revolution? I am a revolutionary. You're
2: going to have to say that I am a proletarian. I am the people. The people are going to have to stand up against the people. That's what the pastors are doing. That's what do the pastors are doing all over the world. Those brothers and sisters? no. So don't let fear divide us keep our eyes on the prize so let me be clear we as a country black white asian native american young seasoned muslim christian jew gentile atheist all of us together all of us together all of us together racialized oppression and dehumanization are woven into the very fabric of our nation. People sometimes forget that love Get on the love train! is at the root of our resistance.
0: Alright. That's a fucking machete. Scary. It should be. Okay, we'll put that right there. Oh my Alright.
1: It's gonna cut the oranges.
0: Uh, welcome to Cabal Theory. A podcast where we take a look at pop culture and politics in America and around the world. Try to analyze it and make fun of it. Uh, my name is Skylar. I'm Alina. And uh, we just lost uh, a good chunk of audio, and uh, it was immediately brought to my attention that I had forgot to bring out and unsheath the official Cabal Theory podcasting machete. Uh, So now we've rectified the situation. The machete is on the table. Uh, I mean, this is... It's very sharp. uh, It's very sharp. It's a frightening machete. This, This thing is the real fucking deal. Um... Of course, I don't understand how this this tiny piece of rope is supposed to save my fingers uh, in the event that my grip slips. But whatever.
1: I think it's supposed to be like through the hand, and if it's like your wrist, kind of just your wrist just kind of catches it.
0: No, in the in the instructions, it says you're supposed to kind of hold it like this, and the the wrap you wrap it around. Yeah, and then you. Oh. Yeah, this is. I don't know that. This is an audio medium, uh, so that's irrelevant, I suppose. Uh, How are you?
1: Good. I'm good.
0: I wish I had more coffee. I should make a cup. Um, I think
1: I've had enough. I had breakfast and a large.
0: Yeah, I can go all day. <laughs> um so we just watched Slap Shot. That was a was a good movie. It was an interesting watch. Uh, Very one of my cute. favorites. I I love the f- I love the feel good sports movies. Mm-hmm. Um but there were some interesting takeaways from the film. So Um, with the, now I'll just say right off the bat, throughout the movie, I didn't see a single black person.
1: I saw a brown person for a split second.
0: I'm I'm not even sure. I may have looked away. I don't think I saw that, but apparently like 95% of the population of the fictional yet based on a real place, uh, Charlestown, Ohio, 95% white. Which, I mean, I mean, it is the Midwest, I guess. Right? Kind
1: of sounds a little right.
0: In probably. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I just kind of... I noticed it right when you pointed it
0: out, but... Yeah, about... A, it was a two-hour movie, maybe, maybe an hour and a half into it, I, I had the thought. I don't think I've seen a single black person. And then, like, the team, they have their boosters following them in a bus, and... Uh, they get off to have a little party with them, and then when they're getting back on the bus, there's just inexplicably this guy uh, wearing, like, an SS helmet with a swastika on it. I'm going, like, what the fuck is that? And then it, it turns out the guy is their bus driver, and he's just wearing a Nazi helmet. Nobody says a word about it. The, the There's a scene at the end when the the team they're playing, the Bulldogs or whoever they were, they unveil their... Uh, recently, unretired, unbanned from the league, uh, goons to come out and and fight in the la- in the final championship hockey game.
1: They were scary.
0: Match. Well, the one guy, just the overt racism. Like he's supposed to be like an Indian chief, right? Oh
1: yes. And they
0: put like a bad, like um, like a really bad wig on him. What does that look like?
1: It looks like. Um...
0: It's like a Victorian, like. No, because it was long. Yeah, but it, oh, you know what it reminds me of is Wednesday Adams. They had him wearing, like, a Wednesday Adams <laughs> wig and, and, like, face paint. He had, like, war stripes on him. And then, and then, I mean, he's, like, the, this, like, fat Italian guy, you know. He he doesn't, his skin is as pale as mine. And um, when he, he goes charging at one of the Chiefs players, and they, they dubbed in the sound of, like, a guy going, like, oh. And then chasing him down like. Oh! <laughs> That's right. And yeah. It's like I'm looking and it's like the guy is not doing that at all. It's <laughs> like dubbed in. Well,
1: because he was running.
0: He, he was like, yeah, you're skating, you know. Yeah, just, or
1: skating, yeah.
0: Just the, the shit you could get away with in 1977. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, was well, it? I don't remember his name. They, I think they gave him a pretty overtly racist name too, but I don't remember the name of the character.
1: Can't I can't remember. Well what about the the toupee on the uh on the sports announcer?
0: I could not take my mind off of it. It was <laughs> it was distracting me from the entire movie. Just such a bad hairpiece and I just kept waiting. I couldn't remember and I've seen the movie before, but I couldn't remember if anybody addressed the toupee and finally somebody on screen mentioned it and I was satisfied. Um
1: It was a good one. There's <laughs> no shame of going
0: bald, you know. It's okay. It's totally okay.
1: If you went bald, would you just shave everything?
0: Probably. Probably. I I have a pretty round head, so it it looks pretty good when it's shaved.
1: Oh, you went bald before, though. Yeah,
0: I've done that before. Okay. I've done it all. Everything except, like, big, long, nasty dreadlocks. It's next on my list. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Um, What else? I, I I had made some notes to myself. Let me see if there's anything I've forgotten here. Oh right, so so the whole the whole plot of the movie is they, they've got this like shitty hockey team in this shitty town in Ohio, and it's just a mill town. Like there's ten thousand workers that work at this a steel mill or something, and it's they're gonna shut down the mill, and the town's gonna become a ghost town, and the team sucks. So the owner is gonna he, he's he can't keep it going. He's gonna close them up, and so the coach slash team captain player uh he's a player coach it, played by paul Newman who is like clearly like thirty years older very Hang on, I, I, I' lost my hello we are back so the the main character is played by paul newman uh he's uh Reggie something or other, the player coach of the Charlestown Chiefs. And he's, like, clearly 30 years older than everybody else. Um, Absolutely no business playing hockey out there, taking punches in the face. But he's, like, throughout the movie, he does all these different things to, like, manipulate public opinion and manipulate his teammates. And I guess he feels like he's the coach, and it's his job to get him fired up. But what he does is he decides to turn, you know, they're – their shitty losing hockey team into, like, a circus act where they're just beating the shit out of everybody. And then the fans love it, and everybody's supporting them. And, and then he starts some bogus rumors about a buyer for the team in Florida and gives all these guys hope and all this. And then, um, you know, they go on, they snap their losing streak, they turn it around, and they go all the way to the championship of their league and then the fucking final game turns into a total shit show, and the refs just give it to them. They disqualify the other team because they're just monumental douchebags. And then uh, well, one of the best players goes skating around half naked, does like a little figure skating routine. The marching like a burlesque man joins one. In. Oh, yeah. Ice skating burlesque. Hockey player burlesque.
1: Hockey player burlesque.
0: That could be the next strip show. Flurry. Um, i You go ahead. I'm sure it would sell tickets. Yeah. People will go see anything. Um, But, yeah, no. So, what, they they win this championship. They have this giant fucking parade. But never again do they address the issue of a steel mill closing and 10,000 people being out of a job and the team going belly up. It's just like they just sort of leave it there.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's so right just kind of clicked in my head like, i mean I, at one point in time like i knew that that was a story but then the way that it just it got so focused just on the team i kind of went into the back of my mind
0: right it's like they needed that they needed that device as for why the team is gonna is gonna go belly up because the town sucks and
1: well i mean they didn't really it was even closing it was more of like she was telling him that she was gonna just let him go, but then it seemed maybe after that game they kept him because they won the championship. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't. Uh, it's just supposed to be a feel-good sports movie with like a happy ending, but is it really
1: a happy ending?
0: I'm watching it through the my current frame of view, no, not really. I mean, you got ten thousand workers out of a job. I mean, they, they sort of address that in the first half hour of the movie, where they're um, the Paul Newman and the and then the figure skating half naked hockey player, or much earlier in the movie, are walking home from a radio station where they just got berated by fans on the phone because they suck, uh, and they mention uh, the kid mentions to Paul Newman that the. The mill is going to close, and he just waves it off. Oh, no, that's just pandering. It's bullshit. They're just trying to make the the workers feel thankful that they have jobs. No, 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 no. They just announced it. They're closing the mill. Uh, What is the line? He says 10,000 mill workers just placed on waivers. You know, i got to make a nice sports reference. (laughs) But no, no, no. That's pretty much like the last mention of it throughout the whole movie. They never really talk about the workers again. A little bit, but... Never for more than five seconds at a time.
1: Yeah, there's really nothing after, after them just waiting. and we don't really know if the town, what happens to the town, what happens to the workers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Interesting movie. But yeah, what a what a like manipulative douchebag that Paul Newman character was. He's just playing all angles, and then he gets the he gets the uh, he gets Ned's wife to come and move in with him and shit. It's
1: I didn't understand that.
0: No, they just sort of gloss over it. But the way that it seems to me was he was trying to like he was trying to turn turn Ned's wife into a lesbian, like other dudes' wife had. Or I, I don't even I don't know what the fuck was the point of that.
1: I thought he was trying to sleep with her.
0: Yeah, I don't. Maybe. He was trying to get under Ned's skin so that he would fight because he didn't want to fight. I don't fucking know.
1: It could be, yeah. Uh, or it could have been, like, because at the end when he went to go get him, he yelled out that his wife was staying at his house when she left him.
0: So maybe I, I should I should fill in that gap. So Ned, this younger, like, good hockey player, he doesn't want to fight. And Paul Newman, he wants everybody to fight. They want to put on a show. The fans like it. But this he stands strong. He doesn't want to fight. So then Paul Newman benches him. He's not even going to let him play. Unless he wants to fight. So, now, meanwhile, while all of that's going on, Paul Newman's over here trying to court Ned's wife. Because they're having problems at home. He just, like, see... What what a piece of shit that character is.
1: Yeah. And then I think he was, like, married. And then he was sleeping with, like, his ex...
0: I think they were divorced.
1: ...wife. No, they were still married. Because at the end of the parade, she had... Oh, no, no. She had said at one point in time, we need to get, we need to eventually get divorced.
0: I don't remember that, but maybe, maybe I missed that.
1: It was at one, some point when she was like saying goodbye to him.
0: But yeah, the, um, still a good movie, funny movie, some good lines. I'm
2: looking at a
1: fucking song!
0: This is the fucking song! Fucking <laughs> rest face. Oh my God. It's brilliant.
1: That was, I liked, I liked the triplets and their little cars.
0: All right, let's move on from that. Um, here on Cabal Theory, we like to have fun, um, so we're going to we're going to play a game. This is a game we like to call Headlines. You want to explain the game, or you want me to explain the game?
1: Uh, you're better at explaining it. Right,
0: I'll explain the game. Uh, so the way it's going to work, we're going to take turns. Alina's going to go first. She's going to read some of her favorite headlines from the week and then I'm going to pick one, and we're gonna have a look at the article, right? So, uh, what do you got? The
1: I got here is complaint filed on behalf of woman who gave birth in Chula Vista Border Patrol Station. Trump quietly shuts down asylum at U.S. borders, expelling thousands in name of public health. And first, coronavirus deaths reported in indigenous communities in the Amazon.
0: I can already tell this is going to be a fun game. Um, let, let's go. Let's go with that middle one. I what, the Trump shut down the asylum uh, system.
1: Yes, Trump quietly shuts down asylum at U.S. borders, expelling thousands in name of public health. This is from the Associated Press. So. In this article, it talks about how Trump has closed asylum at U.S. borders of Mexico, all those coming from Latin America, and he's practically just kicking them out and deporting them. A little nugget I found in this article The U.S. government used an obscure public health law to justify one of its most aggressive border crackdowns ever. People fleeing violence and poverty in their homelands and seeking refugee in the U.S. are now being whisked to the nearest border crossing and returned to Mexico without a chance to apply for asylum. It eclipses President Trump's other policies to curtail immigration, which often rely on help from Mexico by setting aside decades-old national and international laws.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you, I they're saying they're using like a little known rule uh, or a, a rule that's effective during times of health crisis to turn people away from the border, but it, it's just an excuse to them. They don't care. Their goal is to in, inflict as much pain and suffering on those people as possible. Like, that's that's literally the Trump administra- uh, administration's um, policy on immigration. It just inflict as much pain and suffering on them as possible so that they'll go home and not come back.
1: Oh well, yeah, because it's a common enemy. One of the common enemies, no?
0: I mean, I, I guess, see, no, nah, like... I mean, Obama was pretty bad about deporting people and round, or, you know, rounding up immigrants and and whatever. They see one side has run on anti-intellectualism for so long that, like. These stupid motherfuckers that embrace anti-intellectualism are now of age and are getting jobs in the government. They're running for office and getting elected, you know. And I'm I'm not saying that everybody that votes conservative is um, stupid, but a lot of them are just flatly brainwashed. You know, there's no other way to say it now with the whole immigration thing so they've just been hearing this shit for so long they just they just believe it and now you've got this and now like Trump Trump before he was president was a guy who would like watch Fox News and then tweet about it like he's just a grandpa yelling at the TV you see but now he's like he now he gets to call the shots so he's trying to he's trying to do some of the things that he yelled at the TV about and one of those things was immigrants, and it's so funny. Like, there, it was. It should have been a bigger story, but Trump had undocumented workers working for him at his golf clubs. He did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah.
1: I did not lots know of that.
0: He's got lots of undo- undocumented workers that work for you know the Trump hotel chain and and work as housekeepers and shits and and uh, in his golf clubs. Absolutely. And that's that's, you know, you can Google that and find those news those news stories.
1: Well, but apparently it, we're coming here and stealing the jobs. You know, it's one of the reasons why.
0: That's all horseshit. It's all horseshit. And I mean, anybody with half a brain should be able to see that. Um, you know, the the ruling class will do anything they can to divide the working class. Um, and our only way out of situations like this are, um, is, is solidarity. You know, see, I mean, they got, they got people rounded up in cages and ice facilities, and they're spreading coronavirus, and they don't give a shit. They don't fucking care. Just let, you know, the, the official Trump administration policy is uh, let them die. Yeah. Fuck them. And it's sad. It's really sad because really it doesn't have very much um it, it all, the only thing it really has to do is that they're brown that's it that's it yeah you know, it's really sad so yeah um so but but, but to, back to the the point in the article he's shutting down the asylum system you know and it just immediately off the bat that strikes me as an inter- uh, a violation of international law because, like, the asylum process is supposed to be, like, I, I have this argument with my mom all the time, cause, and she likes to say, well, why don't they just come here legally? Well, I- in order to apply for asylum, you have to be on U.S. soil. And in, on, in the scope of an asylum application, it doesn't matter how you got here. It doesn't matter. You can still apply for asylum, whether or not you came through a border checkpoint or through an airport or through the fucking desert, it doesn't matter. Through the river? That's, that's international law. That's how that works. And Trump just shits on it. He wipes his ass with that. You know, international law is toilet paper. He's absolutely a war criminal, and you can add this on to his uh, violations of human rights. He did say he
1: was a president in wartime.
0: Well, I mean, w- we've been at war.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, we've we've... We've um, been instigating wars all over the world for, fuck, a century now. Y- you know, we've been involved in right. arming some. We, we're either sending troops here or sending weapons there or sending bombs and jets there. And it's just... And then, oh, the new one is drones. You will not even see it coming.
1: That Yeah, drones. My brother has a drone, but it's they're very hard I have to fly. a quadcopter.
0: I have a quadcopter. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a nice camera. It's mm-hmm. fun to play with.
1: Oh, I think I saw them when I stalked your Instagram.
0: We'll have to. Uh, we'll have to do some like promo footage with it, maybe, if we ever decided to start taking this seriously. <laughs> but yeah, no. Trump's fucking horrible.
1: Mm. You know, but back on the comment that you said of, "Come here, le- the, the legal way." actually, my ex came here. Through the legal way, and it takes years on that. And a lot of that asylum, it's they have no choice but to run from gangs, crime, war down there.
0: And there's people we work with that are. Um, there's I'm not I don't I'm not gonna say his name, but there is an individual we yes. work with who is he's been on a green card for like 12 years. Mm-hmm. He just him and his wife they just don't care. It's like whatever. It's it's it's. Less hassle to go to the embassy and renew the green card every so often than it is to apply for citizenship. Yeah, and that test is. And this is, a is the lot. dude, like he just, you know, him and his wife. They don't have kids. They just chill. They they work and they contribute to society. They have a Netflix subscription, you know, whatever the fuck. They're they're doing their thing. They're Americans, you know. But they they just happen to have come from another country and. And they don't want to. They don't want to go through the fucking serious hassle. And it shouldn't be that big of a hassle. If it's that easy to come here and work, it should be that easy to get your citizenship. Because you know we we treat people like it's us and them, but we're all humans. And maybe that should be the big takeaway from this coronavirus thing. You know, we shouldn't be demonizing groups of people, whether it's whether it's damn Mexicans or you know. <laughs> Them Guatemalan Mexicans, and them Honduran Mexicans, and them Mexicans down in Venezuela. You know, or whether it's fucking Chinese people or whatever. It's it's just a joke. We're all in this shit together. You know. And this shit ain't, you know, they say we're all going down on the Titanic. Fuck that. This ain't the Titanic. Because the lifeboats ain't going to save just the rich people. I'll tell you that. There's too many of us. We will take what's ours. Anyways. That's depressing. I don't want to talk about that one anymore. It's fucking depressing. My yeah. turn. My turn. My turn. Oh my god. All right. Alright, so I'm gonna I got some headlines and Alina's gonna pick one. Um what did I do with my headlines? Okay, so Apple and Google team up to quote, contact trace the coronavirus. Um mm-hmm. Another one. Minnesota charges landlord over eviction during COVID-19 shutdown. And, uh, excuse me. Mexico's prostitutes end up homeless as coronavirus keeps yeah. clients at home and hotels shut.
1: Ooh. I like. I picked the last.
0: The, the prostitute one? Yes. Okay. Uh, The headline reads, Mexico's prostitutes end up homeless as coronavirus keeps clients at home, shuts hotels. This is from Reuters. Uh, Anthony Esposito reporting from Mexico City. Um, I'll ju- I'm just going to read the first paragraph here. He paints a he paints a pretty nice picture. It says, hungry, scared, and tired, scores of sex workers in Mexico City have been forced to live on the streets as fear of contracting the coronavirus keeps clients away and the government shuttered the hotels where many of them lived and worked. Uh, now they sleep under makeshift tents and on sidewalks, relying on social workers and handouts for what little they have... Uh, Excuse me, for what little they have been able to eat and on each other to fend off attackers and criminals. Here's a quote. Quote they literally put us out on the streets. We've been on the street for a week. Before we lived in the hotels, says Marina Rohano, who has been a sex worker for twenty four years. Alright, so so I mean it's fun to, it's it's you know, I see your smile and it's a little funny. Uh, we're looking at this from a different perspective. Now I'm not a kink shamer. Uh, if 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 Donald Trump is into going to Russia and let hookers piss on him in the in the bed that Obama slept in, by all means. that's cool. <laughs> that's fucking cool. If there's a video of it, I absolutely want to see it. I'm, I will pay, I'm good without I would it. pay upwards of a hundred I would pay tens of dollars up to a hundred uh, to see that video.
1: I think i'm I'm good without it.
0: I think I would just it would really make these last few years just make more sense. <laughs> but i digress. so yeah, no, this is this is uh, so here's another group of people being affected by the coronavirus in a way that we don't really we don't really talk about this one at home. and i in, no. you know now uh, we happen to live in a place where um prostitution is illegal. it is legal like a half an hour drive from here.
1: yes. The brothels.
0: There are brothels, but they're outside of the county where we're recording from. Uh, Now, but that being said, there are a shitload of prostitutes in our town. A shitload. I mean, they're fucking everywhere. And um, this is absolutely going to hurt them, too, in the same way.
1: Oh, it's massive. Massively. In
0: in Mexico, um, the sex workers, they do have some more rights to operate, but they... They, they are oppressed. They have pimp problems and cartel problems down there. Um, but I, I would have to do more research on it, but I don't think it's as bad as it gets in some places here in, um, here in the old states. But, you know, Mexico is a little more sexually liberated than us. I mean, most Latin countries are as opposed to the, as to the U.S. of A, you know.
1: Hey we can move our hips I don't know
0: (laughs) yeah no 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 don't get me wrong I um so the the government estimates there's around 7,000 prostitutes in in Mexico City so that's just Mexico City that's like um one of the larger cities in Mexico I mean but it's a huge country it's absolutely a huge country there's got to be more than that uh through the whole country that this is negatively affecting way more but yeah. Um so at the time of this writing, uh thirty one hundred people in Mexico, almost thirty two hundred people had been infected, almost two hundred had died. Um and there's a there's a campaign. Uh the city government over there wants the hotels to open up and let the let the sex workers stay there. So here's a um this is a quote. We spoke to the hotels about not removing the sex workers living there, but they shouldn't... Oh, my God. These fucking ads move around. That is just terrible. We spoke to the hotels about not removing the sex workers living there, but they shouldn't be working because we're in the middle of an international health crisis, a spokesman for the Mexico City government said. Absolutely agree.
1: Well, yeah, but how can we... How can they sleep and live and social distance if they don't have a place to go?
0: Sure. no, absolutely. And the hotels should open their doors for them because I'll tell you what, I bet the hotels generate a lot of their fucking business from people coming to coming to stay and stay with those prostitutes. That helps keep the lights on. And so, from one perspective, you could consider them workers and working class people that generate wealth for the bourgeois folks that own whoever those hotels. Well, Um, the
1: bourgeois also hire them the majority of the time probably as well. Sure,
0: sure. But, I mean, you know, this is another case of we got to respect the workers and we got to take care of the workers. And if it, you know, the way I see it, I I think that the, the government down there should force them. Force them to open the doors and let the prostitutes live there. They gotta have a fucker place to live. Yeah. Yeah, Just you know, having people out on the street is only gonna make this worse. And now that being said, we have a huge homeless problem in America. We do not do nearly enough for those people.
1: Even Um, here in our city we have thousands of hotel rooms empty.
0: Oh yeah. uh, and we have thousands of them.
1: Thousands of homeless.
0: Yep. And you know they're not I mean, there's. I, I think there's a couple that have opened their doors with some programs, but I don't think any of the big ones on the strip are. No. All right, but uh, yeah. No, so that's, I mean, that's uh, depressing too. Just, but, you know, that's a marginalized group of people that maybe you wouldn't have thought about. Yep. Uh, so you had two other ones. What were your other two headlines you brought?
1: I have first coronavirus first coronavirus deaths reported in indigenous communities in the amazon and complaint filed on behalf of women who gave of woman who gave birth in chula vista border patrol station all of mine have to do with the minorities and i I read
0: that i read that giving birth one you want to you want to talk about that Ooh, this one. This, this one hurts my heart. Yeah, no. Very much so. See, that's why I don't know. Should we talk about it? Yeah, we should talk I'm, about it. I'm
1: down with it. talking about it. I'm very much down.
0: So I said in the intro that we try to make fun of stuff. Some of this... I mean, lately, the news has just been really, really fucking depressing. Yeah. It's hard to make fun of this shit. It's really hard.
1: I don't have cable or anything like that, so I don't watch news. But then once we started... You started really getting me into politics and the news and whatnot now it's just it's everywhere for me,
0: yeah, no, and that's good because this is the shit that really matters, and none of the other shit really does. The other shit's all just make believe sports television shows movies all that, it's all just yeah it's it's all just make believe
1: it is sadly enough so uh back to my article, just a kind of general brief um I have here, right in the beginning, a Guatemalan woman, <clears throat> a Guatemalan woman who gave birth in a border patrol station last month, says agents ignored her requests for medical attention, leading her to partially giving birth while standing and clutching the tra- side of a trash can, according to a complaint filed on her behalf on Wednesday.
0: All uh, right. So um, now, I, I actually have read this article, so. Um, I, I can I can kind of summarize here, but yeah, that's pretty much what happened. The woman gave birth in a in a border patrol like lobby, holding on to a metal trash can,
1: and with her pants on. It, it says after they're yeah, in, her yeah, pants she, are on. She's clutching, standing.
0: Yeah, it's just now. So I guess the what had happened was her and her husband, and did they have kids? Uh two. Kids yeah. So they had kids with them, and uh, they were making their way through the desert. Now she, this woman, was like. Nine months pregnant, she's like ready to pop, fucking pregnant. Mm-hmm. So whatever circumstances led them to to make that to take that risk must be serious. Um, and I don't fault them one bit. You know, whatever decisions they made that led to them being put in that situation, I have no fault for them. I, I'm sure they were doing what they believe was best for their family. While they were going through the desert, she started having labor pains, and husband called nine one one because I I mean what else the fuck do you do? I guess he had a cell phone or something like they didn't really they didn't really mention that in the article how he got a hold of the authorities. But he called 911 and got them instead of taking them to the hospital they took him into custody. Now, I mean, just the heartlessness involved here on the on the part of the border patrol agents. And I mean, I don't know any border patrol agents personally. Do you? I, I don't. I imagine in my mind that they're all fucking scumbags. Now, I hate the police for various reasons, and those are discussions we can have at a later date, or you can fight with me on Twitter. You, the listener, you want to get out here and, you know, debate that kind of stuff with me, that's fine. But in this context, I don't really like um, people that go out of their way to get those jobs. And, um, you know, the Border Patrol just fucking hires anybody it's very easy to get a job in the Border Patrol. Especially now. So uh I, I figure that most of these people are just fucking fail sons and idiots that really couldn't do anything else. And they 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 honestly are the are the type of people that would probably society as a whole would benefit if they got paid to stay home. I agree. Okay. So yeah. So that that's Got anything? Are there any other good nuggets from the article that really stand out? Because I mean, th- this is just a horror show story. Where, where was? What's the source on this one? Where is this published?
1: This is published on the Los Angeles Times. It's
0: in the L.A. Times. L.A. So.
1: Times, and it's uh, Kate Morrissey. I'm sorry if I
0: I probably Kate Morrissey
1: butchered that name. Yeah, is Morrissey. It,
0: we'll just go with that. Sure, that's good enough. Mm. I one time got called Skylar Roach. Sk- Swear to God. They were like reading my name off a paper and they called me Skylar Roach. Sklar. Oh, okay. It's Skylar Roach.
1: I got Alien.
0: I, that I could... Meh. I There's an know. A on the end. Alina.
1: I don't... Shit, right. I was... I'm yeah. a school, don't really remember that, much. These people
0: vote. The people that that... <laughs> these people vote. Anyways... Bless you. Thank you. All right. So, I uh, these last stories have made me angry. I've got the podcasting machete. Do we have anything in here we can cut? No, there's not really anything in here I can cut. This all was expensive. Uh Maybe next time. Maybe next time. All right. Well,
1: I, we have oranges.
0: I uh, yeah, So, folks, l- listeners, I I would like to dedicate this next portion of the program to um, Senator Bernard Sanders. Um, And, well, I just... I'm very much at a loss for words here. Now, for those that may have not heard, I'm sure you heard it before you got to this podcast. I'm sure. But if you haven't, uh, Bernie Sanders quote-unquote, suspended his presidential campaign. Now, as far as I know, his name is still going to be on the ballot on, uh, in future primary states, and you need to go out and vote for Bernie if you have that option. Very important. Now, um, we saw this coming. We saw this coming. In a way, I was, I was, I was prepared you know, when once things started shutting down from the virus, I realized, like, they're gonna use this. And when I say they, I mean the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, it was going to use this to their advantage to help um, smooth the path, smooth the brains, the path of brains that would lead to the election of Joe Biden, or at least the nomination of Joe Biden, I should say. Because Joe Biden gets nominated, he's absolutely he's absolutely going to lose to Trump. Absolutely, Trump gets reelected against Biden. I mean, I I have I say that with the utmost certainty. C- certainty, excuse me.
1: Yeah, I'm not voting for Biden if he gets the nominee, and I don't know.
0: There's a laundry list of reasons why I would I will not vote for Joe Biden, and I most certainly will vote, and I won't vote for Trump either. Um, but I'm happy to I'm happy to light my ballot on fire and write in Bernie Sanders, and and fuck anybody that has a problem with that. You know, um, the game is rigged anyways. The person that they want is going to get elected. That's just how that's how it works. They they they're going to put into power whoever it is they want, and. And their attitude towards us is fuck you for trying. You know. They've demonized the Bernie bros. And I you know what? I don't really feel like I was mean to that many people on Twitter, but you know, if this is about posting on Twitter, then you go fuck yourself. If that's your argument for why you don't like Bernie Sanders, you never had a shred of integrity in the first place. And don't try to convince me that you did. You're, you, you know, uh, or if uh, if you think that if you're going out there with the narrative that, oh, Bernie's always screaming, but he's never gotten anything done. Um, fuck you also. You, you, you don't really have a shred of integrity. I, I just don't I don't believe you. You know, there's a lot of corporate hacks out there. And I, and I think a lot of a lot of people in the media are not inherently dishonest. They, they are just very heavily indoctrinated. Um, there are very dishonest people in the media, particularly on the right wing, like people like Rush Limbaugh and Alex Jones, these people just say things. And sometimes I just find it hard to believe that they believe the things that they're saying. Um, but back to Senator Bernard Sanders, I, I pull up. BernieSanders.com and he has a page for his policy proposals. And it is just... Um, there is just a laundry list of things here. And I can't help but read this and feel like we have squandered um, a massive opportunity. And... It's hard to fault the people in general on on the the failure to elect Bernie. Because... I mean, Bernie was up against... Not just the the Democratic National Committee, but he was up against the mass media machine, like f- head to head. And the mass media machine, the propaganda machine, the that we like to talk about, is, is strong. It, it it fucking it will chew up any story and spit it back out with a narrative, and people will just pick it up and and read it uncritically, and then regurgitate it, and then that's the truth. That becomes the facts, and and that's the big problem. That's a huge, huge problem, because the people that have the controlling interests in that machine that I'm describing, are, they are actively doing things that harm humanity's prospects for survival or are robbing different people of any chance of prosperity or a good, decent life. And it's just, it's fucking disgusting. And Bernie is like the first American politician to at least have something to say about it on a presidential stage since um, Howard Dean, a little bit. Another uh, politician from Vermont. You know, keep turning them out, Vermont. Um, but I wanted to just read some of the some of the policy proposals here. I, I mean, I'm not going to read the whole things. So they're they're mostly very long. But I mean, from top to bottom. even at the top of his policy page, he's edited it, an emergency response to the coronavirus pandemic. Like right at the top of the list. I mean, obviously that's where it should be. And then Green New Deal, Medicare for All. And the next one says a welcoming and safe America for all. You know, that's going to be his immigration plan, which is, I mean, I'm going to read some of these bullet points from his immigration plan because we've talked a lot about Latin American stuff today. Um, Podcast.
1: Meow. You
0: had sh- oh man, she wanted Bernie so bad. She's very upset. Very upset.
1: She has to get in the conversation. She's got She's to a tell little us birdie, bro. Yeah.
0: Come See? On, so it says institute a moratorium on, deport- on deportations until a thorough audit of past practices and policies is complete. So the first thing Bernie would have done, day one in office, he shut down the deportation machine to stop let's fucking stop let's reassess that's a level-headed way of approaching things let's do that reinstate and expand daca you know what daca is deferred action for childhood arrivals this was an obama era program that basically so like let's say uh, if you were brought here as a small child but you're in a, a quote-unquote illegal immigrant um this gave you a way to not get deported to oh f- yes, and I had a personal friend who who was brought here like illegally from South Korea And they just never you know parents never bothered to go through that terrible fucking uh, system of nationalization that we have and um, That test
1: <coughs> I remember when my mom took that test
0: they're ta- they talk about um, You know shipping her off to Korea where she doesn't speak Korean. She grew up here. She came here when she was like six months old
1: mm.
0: huh? She doesn't fucking speak Korean <laughs> So are they gonna deport her to Seoul? And then what? You yeah, fucking, it's a joke. It's a joke. These are people we're talking about. You know, we treat them like they're numbers. They're just words on a page. They're not. They're fucking people. Right. Cat knows. <laughs> cat fucking knows. Gladys, you're a good cat. She is. College for all. Workplace democracy. This is one of my favorites. You know me and unions. Ooh, um, nice. Bullet point one, double union membership within Bernie's first term. For four years, double union membership across the country. That's a that's a fucking very ambitious goal, and we can make that happen because unions have been largely hamstrung by by state governments. These fucking right wing. Uh, I'm looking at you, Wisconsin, fucking psst, fucking Scott Walker, bag of dicks. Anyways, eliminate right to work. That's great. We live in a right to work state. It sucks. It yeah. greatly inhibits our ability to organize as workers. It's fucking terrible. Uh, provide unions the av- ability to organize through a major sign up process and enact first contract provisions to ensure companies cannot prevent a union from forming by denying a first contract. Uh, basically, not letting the, the the companies get involved in the fucking the union process beyond the letting the workers vote. It's all about workplace democracy in there, and I, I absolutely love love that. Expanding social security, housing for all, you know, free childcare, pre K for all, taking care of medical debt. I mean, motherfucker had Cardi B in his corner. What happened, man?
1: She got on. Daddy, Instagram. we failed
0: you. Daddy Sanders, we failed you. And I, and I personally apologize. I could have done more. I could have done more. I could have phone banked more. I could have canvassed more. You know, we all could have. And, you know, I, I feel as though we failed him. But that's no reason to hang our heads. Because out of, just like in the 2016 campaign where Bernie failed a movement came out of that campaign, a huge movement that really, that helped us to elect some real progressives in the House of Representatives. Um, you know, I think everybody knows who I'm, I'm referring to, the Squad, and, uh, and others around in some state and local governments. And that is going to continue. And Bernie Sanders is going to continue to be the leader of this movement. Uh, I just hope that maybe we can form our own political party because um, I, I think if that happened, it, it would work. I really do. I, I, I think it's, you know, there's no simple answer to anything, but I think that would be a great place to start because you're gonna see the money is gonna keep on flowing further and further left, and we gotta get out there, we gotta work for these people. You You know, find a candidate to rally around, there's somebody like Shahid Buttar up in uh, San Francisco running, where he's running to unseat Nancy Pelosi. Fuck, that would be great, because you know it's not it's not about Democratic Party versus Republican Party, and, and they've lo- they love to frame it that way. Um, but most of the time, it, it, it's there's there are more answers, there are more topics for discussion that are not allowed airtime. And we, we got to have those discussions. We got to bring that shit to the forefront, just like Bernie did. Because you know, in 2015, nobody was talking about Medicare for all. It was a fringe idea. You know, we 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 had super control under the Obama administration, and the best they could give us was the Affordable Care Act, which I guess was good. That's at least that's what they tell us. It was kind of good, but it was sabotage. You know, Republican governors refused to expand Medicaid and it didn't work out the way they wanted to but look look at it now every major democratic candidate uh, candidate at least embraced some form of medicare for all now i still think that like pete Buttigieg and klobuchar and all them they were just rat-faced fucks and i never trusted them in the first place but you know that's where the public conversation is now. And that's absolutely thanks to Bernie Sanders. And that is monumental. Bernie Sanders went up against the mass media machine in America and won. In that respect, he got them to shift their narrative. And that, I mean, that's just thats just fucking massive. So, good on him. He's going to keep fighting, and we're going to keep rallying behind him. You know, and and that's it. You call me a sycophant, you call me a Bernie bro, you know, whatever, I don't give a fuck. The only thing I care about is taking care of human lives. You know, no human life is worth any amount of money.
1: Very true.
0: All right. So I'm going to get off the soapbox. You got anything else? Come here, Kitty. I think she's got some stuff to talk about. Kitty's got a topic for us. Come here. So, uh, yeah, I want to end on a, a bit of a... It's somber, but... you know. So the, the musician John Prine died on Tuesday from uh, complications related to coronavirus. Uh, he was 73, and uh, he's a folk singer, and I, I love John Prine. Uh, his music always makes me smile so I just want to, I'm going to end the show with a, um, a little bit of some John Prine as a tribute and um, we'll see you next week yeah? yeah All right. bye guys bye well
2: sat down in my closet with all my overalls trying to get away from all the years inside my walls I dreamed the police heard everything I thought. What then? Well, I went to court and the judge's name—what? Whatever happened to him? <laughs> ah, well, but fortunately, I have the key to escape reality. And you may see me tonight with an illegal smile. It don't cost very much, but it lasts a long while. Won't you please? Tell the man, I didn't kill anyone, I know I'm just trying to have me sound fine. Well done, son of a gun, hot dog bun, I told the i my sister is mine.